was the queen of the beauty influencer community, with plenty of high-profile and lucrative collabs to her name. But when Jaclyn Hill decided to launch her own makeup brand in 2019, things went as badly as possible. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, hello. Hi. We have brought the YouTuber Scandal series back. Back by popular demand. Oh my God, you guys properly got around (laughs) our last YouTuber series. I had one of the best times in the world (laughs) recounting a lot of it because as I said in the last YouTuber series, I wasn't a YouTuber kid. No. So to come to this with fresh eyes at 28, 29 <laughs> is such a wild ride. And from all reports, there are many, many more scandals <laughs> in the community. So we're bringing it back. We are. Now, if you didn't listen to that series, we talked about the Bi Sister scandal. We did Jenna Marbles. We had a really bloody good time. Yeah, we did. I'm very excited to do a couple more scandals and bring the series back. Exactly. So what we've got today is we've got one part for you on Jacqueline Hill and the rise and I'm not going to say fall. Fall no. feels dramatic. Rise and, and stagnation? Yeah. Is that a word? Stagnation? Just the drama that happened around her beauty company launch. Yep, the rise and stumble. Yes, a rise and stumble <laughs> is a beautiful way of putting it. Perhaps we should have scripted that out before we <laughs> brainstormed on Mike. The other thing we are covering next week is we've got a two-part series ready for you on Logan and Jake Paul <laughs> and goodness me, is there just that much to cover? Oh, those two. I mean, it could have been a 20-part series on those two. We've kept it to two episodes and condensed, but my God, It was tough. On Jacqueline Hill, I actually knew not much about Jacqueline Hill beyond what you had told me. I mm-hmm. think you were the mouthpiece for Jacqueline <laughs> Hill to me because you are always a fan. Well, I loved beauty YouTube videos. I would say that I still really love the beauty influencer space. I love makeup. I love hair care. I love skincare. And I think my introduction to those things was Jacqueline Hill. I also loved YouTuber Shanek Zoe back in the day. I watched James Charles. I watched Jeffree Star, all of those. But I actually think Jacqueline Hill might have been my number one beauty gal. What was it about her? She had so much energy all the time. Like I could trust that she would get on to a video and be so excited to be there. And I love that in a person. Just Just infectious energy. Infectious energy. Unashamedly loves what she does. And on top of that, would also share a lot about her life that I just found really interesting, as did millions of people. So many people loved following Jacqueline Hill back in the day. Yeah, they did. So let's chat about her. Let's <laughs> chat about her career as a YouTuber. Let's chat about the launch of her own makeup line. We're going to go everywhere. We're going to rewind for now back to 2011. All right, Zara. So Jacqueline Hill joined YouTube in late 2011. She was a 21-year-old makeup artist at MAC Cosmetics in Florida. Yeah, so she uploaded her very first makeup tutorial on December 4, 2011, the one that kickstarted it all. Now, in the video, Jacqueline took her audience through the process of creating a Kim Kardashian-inspired cat eye look that feels very 2011 when you think about it. Yeah, massively 2011. She just killed it with this video. I remember watching it back in the day. Now, this sparked a series of makeup tutorials from Jacqueline, with the most popular early videos definitely being around how to do gel winged liner, 
how to get your brows shaped in that very contoured 2011 style. Between 2011 and 2014, she very quickly gained traction on her YouTube channel and just kind of found this space for herself that people adored. People just loved her and she really hit her stride really early. And as you say, a huge part of that, right, wasn't just the fact that she was doing beauty stuff. It was that she opened the door into her private life. Yes. And let people into her relationships, her marriage in particular. Well, she got married really young. Like when she came onto YouTube, she was already married. And we just said before, she was 21 years old. And I think people found that interesting that she had gotten married so young. She did have this husband that she spoke about. He was a musician. They had this very creative lifestyle that people found fascinating. Yeah, and I think I wonder, looking back, if someone like Jacqueline Hill or any YouTuber for that matter would have built the audience they built without opening that door. Mm -hmm. Like, was that ever possible? I don't think it is. To be an influencer, I think you have to give over every part of yourself. I think the whole shtick back in the day is if you want to be an influencer, you are our friend. We know everything about you. I mean, I remember they posted their wedding video from two years earlier onto YouTube and people lapped that up too. It wasn't that you could just give us makeup. You give us access to everything. Yeah. Now, Jacqueline really became a trustworthy figure in the early days of influencer marketing. By 2015, she'd hit 2 million subscribers on her YouTube channel, which was a massive amount for the 2010s, right? Mm. And a massive amount in a pretty short amount of time, sort of three years. And this influence was starting to be noticed by brands. That year, she released her her very first product collab with Becca Cosmetics, R.I.P., <laughs> an Australian beauty brand well known at the time for their really high quality highlighters. Yeah, I almost feel proud of Becca being an Australian, Australian beauty <laughs> brand for like recognising the power of an influencer collab before so many other makeup brands did. In 2015, eight years ago. Yeah. In June that year, Jacqueline and Becca launched Champagne Pop. It was their new highlighter collab. A massive 25,000 units of champagne pop were sold in the first 20 minutes of the product launch on Sephora. Yeah. If I that just, doesn't prove the power of influencer marketing at that point, I don't know what does. 25,000 highlighters. As per Insider, the product set a new standard for illuminators with its powder to cream formula that melts into the complexion to create an Insta-worthy glow. It also <laughs> kept the beauty industry buzzing and became a fan favorite highlighter. Also, a highlighter was just having its moment at this time. I remember influencers would dampen their like beauty blender or their brush with setting spray, go in and like basically make a highlighter paste, put that on and then go on top of that with powder to make their cheeks like light beams. Yes. And I remember when I first discovered highlighter, I was like, this changes my whole face <laughs> because it was having such a moment. Now, the success of Champagne Pop was not only a testament to Jacqueline's trustworthiness as an influencer, like the highlighter was really high quality. So she wasn't selling the audience a shit product, no. which I'm sure helped, <laughs> but it also proved the power of a beloved influencer's involvement in a product. Mm. I mean, Champagne Pop was so popular that Becca decided to change the product from limited edition to regular manufacturing. And the highlighter continued to be a bestseller until Becca actually closed a couple of years ago. Well, it's the only thing I know Becca for. Yeah. I know them for their highlighters and I know them for Champagne Pop. I could not name another shade. I could not name another product. Jaclyn Hill's collab with Becca 
was what I probably feel like kept that company's doors open for a time. Yeah, I mean, without any of the stats or facts to back it up, let's say yes. <laughs> also in 2015, Jacqueline collabed with another cosmetics company called Morphe to create an eyeshadow palette consisting of her favourite Morphe shades. This collection was so popular that as soon as the palette went on sale, the Morphe website crashed due to the huge amounts of traffic. Once the site was fixed, back up and running, the palette sold out almost immediately. Crazy. After releasing a limited edition gem encrusted brush set as well as another eyeshadow palette in 2016, Jacqueline and Morphe set their sights even higher. They decided that they were going to launch a new collection of 35 eyeshadows all curated and designed into one palette by Jacqueline for Morphe. By the end of 2017, Jacqueline and Morphe's collab had sold over 1 million units. That was 1 million units of the original eyeshadow palette alone which Morphe obviously chose to make part of their permanent collection. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, by 2017, her collaborations with Becca and Morphe had reportedly sold $10.7 million and $12.2 million, respectively, in electronic transactions. So that sales, of course, not including liquid cash. But it's a pretty insane level of power and influence. Yeah, and I've got to say, I think we often hear people say, like, why do influencers get paid so well? Why do beauty content creators make the money they do? That's why. Jacqueline Hill, what, 10.7 plus 12.2? That's almost $23 million that she's made for two beauty companies in the space of a few years. Of course she's entitled to a slice of that pie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the conversation is often, like, influencers do, quote-unquote, nothing but get paid so much but I think a better perspective would be these people are walking billboards yeah don't say that to a billboard that's just on <laughs> the P and highway You're in Melbourne doing nothing You're doing nothing <laughs> it, they are walking billboards because they have access to so many people and are so trusted yeah. and I don't mean that to dehumanize <laughs> influencers by calling them walking billboards but I think maybe if you change your perspective very slightly in that sense it makes a lot of sense well she's a tastemaker clearly yeah. she also had her finger so firmly on the pulse with what people wanted to buy yeah and I think that's a really great word for it and taste makers are so valuable because yeah. you can't make a tastemaker. I know that the average person might not see it as a skill, but doing these scandal series has definitely made me, I think, value that more. It's so rare to be a tastemaker. Yeah. How can you be slightly ahead of the curve, but not too far ahead of the curve? Like that really perfect point where it's commercial. Yeah. Which is all just to say anyway, that in the world of beauty, Jacqueline Hill was as influential as they came. I mean, for example, in 2017 as well, Kim Kardashian trusted Jacqueline Hill as the influencer to help her introduce KKW Beauty to the masses. Throwback. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline's video, Get Ready With Me and Kim Kardashian, was viewed 11 million times and saw both women use Kim's contour sticks, which promptly sold out. Yeah. Now, speaking of money, as we've just touched on, like most beauty YouTubers, Jacqueline was raking it in. But according to Jacqueline, she was choosing to leave bundles of cash on the table in the process. In a video posted around this time, she explained, I've had brands reach out to me and be like, hey, want to work together? We're willing to pay you $50,000 to introduce our new foundation. The reason why I don't do it is because it usually comes with a list of stuff that I have to say and things I can't say. 
Yeah, in that same video, Jacqueline said it wasn't uncommon for an influencer of her size to be offered $150,000 for product placement in a makeup tutorial. Which she always avoided, which yeah. I, I felt like as a viewer was what made me trust her. I wouldn't see those very clearly sponsored inclusions that were never declared, by the way. This was the wild, wild west yeah, of influencing days. I never saw those in her videos. So she relied almost entirely on these massive collab launches to make her coin. Yeah. Now, as a quick aside, in May 2018, Jacqueline did announce to her millions of subscribers that her and her husband of nine years, John, were divorcing. Her statement read, after almost nine years of marriage, John and I have decided to divorce. Although this has been one of the hardest decisions of our lives, I know it's what's best for both of us. I will always have love for him and I am so grateful for all the good times shared together. My heart is broken by this, but I still believe in love and believe everybody has a chance for a happy ending. Thank you so much for your love and support towards both of us. Love, Jacqueline. Later that year, John Hill was interviewed by a blog called Substream and he explained the reasons for the divorce a little more. He said, I've had addiction problems since I was 18 and now I'm five months clean. A lot of it was just pain I put her through. I could have been a lot better of a husband and her fame kind of taking off just didn't really help. It made that extravagant life and kind of drug life and material stuff more appealing. In the end, it kind of just became more like roommates and less like husband and wife. I relapsed back in December and I was keeping it from her for a while and I knew once I fell back into it it was inevitable that it would come to the surface at that point. Yeah the personal turmoil clearly had an influence on Jacqueline's professional life. In her breakup announcement she explained that she had felt absent for a year. She said it's been a hard year to say the least. Not only did John and I move into this house together we've had so many issues. We've been going to couples counseling and therapy. Things were just getting worse and worse and uglier and Uglier. Trying to get on camera and show a happy face, even blending out my eyeshadow was hard to do because I just wanted to word vomit that John and I aren't happy. We look so happy, but it's not real. We're miserable. I wanted to say those things and I couldn't. Mm, which is all just to say that Jacqueline Hill's personal life was really struggling behind the scenes. And unfortunately, her professional life was about to take a little dip. Two, while she had had so much success with collabs in the past, in 2018, Jacqueline announced another collaboration with Morphe, this time a series of four 10-pan eyeshadow palettes called The Vault. And this launch, Zara, was not met with the same rave reviews. Yeah, exactly. When reviewing pre-release PR packages of the palette, Jacqueline's fellow beauty influencers on YouTube criticized the formula of the eyeshadows, saying that they were dry and hard to blend, with some even speculating that these eyeshadows were actually not newly developed shades, but old leftovers from the original palette development. Now, it should be noted that Morphe and Jacqueline did deny this. Yeah, fans for the first time, though, felt like they had been taken advantage of. There was, a, I remember this at the time, this huge outpouring of annoyance that for the first time ever, people felt like Jacqueline had led them down the garden path and got them to spend their money on a product that wasn't worth it. Do you think, looking back, this was legitimate outrage or there was some level of it's her time to have some form of controversy? I think, I mean, we're talking about the middle of 2018. I think this is when a lot of viewers started to be a lot more aware of the kinds of money floating around in this community. I yep. think for so many years, as a viewer, I kind of saw beauty influencers go from like their bedroom to <laughs> these like professional studios and driving, I don't know, a Prius to driving a Bentley. 
I remember there kind of being this increasing level of knowledge around 2017, 2018, 2019, where viewers were like, hang on a second, these people are earning millions. And I think that put the stakes a lot higher. Instead of it being this idea that we were supporting the little guy, it was now an idea of these guys are big business and they're selling to us. And now it feels like they're selling to us in a way that isn't genuine anymore. I also wonder if there's some level of ownership that people have over the success of these influencers if they feel like they're making money through collabs and people are using their money Mm. to fund it. Like Mm -hmm. the mental leap for people is to say, well, I bought this eyeshadow palette that's going straight into your pocket. So if this eyeshadow palette is nowhere near what I expect it to be, I'm going to tell you about it. It's almost like you feel like their boss giving them a KPI or something or giving them a performance review. Which is not to say that if the palette itself was kind of shit, it's not worth having a conversation about. I always just wonder, looking back, if the outrage was proportionate to maybe how disappointing the palette actually was. Yeah. I remember watching reviews and it didn't look all that good. Okay. But probably a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Yeah. It's also interesting to me. Sorry, I know we're spending a lot of time talking about Mate, palette. I could talk about this all fucking I'm day. actually just having a really good time. <laughs> but I think what's interesting is some people saying dry, hard to blend, others accusing them of it being leftovers from the original palette development Mm, mm. that feels like a bit of an oxymoron to me because if you loved the old palette why are you now saying this one's the same but shit i wonder if people were saying from memory people were saying they were old and if you leave eyeshadow sitting for too long it dries out fair enough all right i'll get off i watched a lot of this shit i was like i just need to get off the morphe jacqueline (laughs) line of thought now in an effort to get ahead of the criticism jacqueline uploaded a nearly 45 minute long video to youtube in september 2018 titled let's talk let's talk ultimately she explained that the poor reviews had forced morphe to push back the public launch of the palettes costing them millions yeah in this video she said i cannot tell you how many people have tweeted and said my palette sucks it's so patchy it's so dry it's so unblendable and i will reach out to them personally and be like i am so sorry that you're unhappy with your palette please let me send you another one and i'm not kidding every single person that i have dm'd has responded back to me and said oh don't worry about it now that i've tried it on my eyes it's actually really beautiful and I really like it sorry girl this is what makes it difficult when I'm trying to investigate on social media and people are clearly just putting things out there to get attention okay yeah very interesting this was the beginning of the controversies we're going to talk about how they got even worse after the break nice of you All right, guys, despite the controversy surrounding those four 10-pan palettes in the Vault's collection, Jacqueline was still prepared to up the ante and up the stakes. No more collabs. In fact, this time, she was going to branch out on her own entirely. On May 24, 2019, she announced that her own brand, Jacqueline Cosmetics, was coming. She was launching with the So Rich collection, a line of 20 nude lipsticks. In her announcement video, Jacqueline said this of launching her own brand. I was encouraged by so many people to change the name of my brand, not put my name on it. That way, if I want to sell it or that way, if a product isn't that good, it's not my name that takes responsibility, right? And I'm just like, no, that's not my journey for my brand. My name is on these products. Nothing is ever going to launch or be released that I personally have not worn, tested, and love. 
It is interesting. I do understand what people were saying, that it can be a little risky to launch a brand with your name attached to it. It's like a double-edged sword, right? If it works, it works really, really well. Mm -hmm. If it goes badly, it goes really, really badly when it's your name. And I appreciate her line of thought to be like, well, no, this keeps me accountable. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... The name Jacqueline was associated (laughs) going forward with what happened. Now, this was big news in the beauty world, so much so that the likes of People magazine were covering it with borderline feverish excitement. People's article, truthfully, may as well have been an ad for Jacqueline Cosmetics. It read, based on the success of her previous products, this one's sure to be just as big, if not bigger, of a hit. Mm, Perhaps one of the first quotes that Jacqueline gives in that article is a little ominous, though. She said, this has been five years in the making. I thought it would be done in a year and a half, but I started having issues with the lab I was working with. It took forever to build the perfect team and find a lab that could produce hundreds of thousands of units. Yeah, it turns out Jacqueline had actually been wanting to launch Jacqueline Hill Cosmetics since 2015, with the first line of lipsticks originally slated to launch in Feb 2016. Ages. Ages. Before. But it took longer than planned because, as you said in that quote, Mish, there were repeated issues with factories and labs. When Jacqueline's lipsticks did end up launching on May 30, 2019, they, of course, sold out the very same day. Only once customers (laughs) and reviewers started to receive their orders, things went almost as badly as possible. Yeah. Poor feedback came in a trickle and then very quickly a tsunami. Things really kicked off when one customer tweeted, why is my Jaclyn Cosmetics decaf lipstick lumpy? Jaclyn Hill, this can't be okay, right? They posted this under a rather, I'm going to say it, concerning photo of a lipstick. (laughs) It is a concerning looking photo. This lipstick has visible scratches and lumps in it. It does not look like... lumps for me. I mean, (laughs) scratches I can handle in a lipstick. Lumps I'm not as sure about. You just don't want to put this on your lips at all. No. And that's the thing. It's quite a personal product to be using in a rather terrible PR move Jacqueline Hill actually responded to this particular tweet and said you posted swatches two days ago loving the lipsticks now you're wondering why it's lumpy it's obvious this lipstick is used and not fresh from the factory like any other lipstick if you use it over other products have dry lips etc things like this can happen (laughs) is she insinuating that this customer has had her like lip chunks or like skin stuck in the lipstick and that's the issue yeah dry lips (laughs) you put it on your gross chat I don't even want to go there (laughs) now in reply to Jacqueline's response to this customer another user said there are other cases of this happening it's not like this is an isolated incident pretty shitty way to deal with a paying customer of your new brand damn Jacqueline replied to that saying honest to god I have not seen another person complain about this and I take my reviews very seriously it's obvious the lipstick was used and since her first review was great it's hard to know the actual issue So Jacqueline's defensive attitude on social media towards her customers' feedback did not go down well. Another fan tweeted, come on, Jacqueline Hill. A lot of customers are having issues with their lipsticks. You may not know the issue and that's okay, but at least be respectful and address that you know there are issues and working on finding out said issue and addressing the problem. By this point, It must have been crystal clear to Jacqueline and her team that there were plenty of people encountering problems. Like once we had a couple of photos come online, there was a river of photos that had the same issues. In a statement to Insider, Jacqueline Cosmetics said, the response to the launch of Jacqueline Cosmetics has been incredible. 
Of the incredible volume of orders that were placed at launch, we believe less than half of 1% of orders were impacted (laughs) by compromised product. We love our customers and are proud of our successful launch. Oh dear, yeah, you might have guessed it, but that statement didn't go over (laughs) particularly well with customers, particularly given a video from a creator by the name of Raw Beauty Christie had started to go viral around the exact same time. In a preview image for the video, which went live on June 9, 2019, Christie is grimacing at the camera under the words, under the microscope and disgusting so I, I miss when people would put together these little like, like preview images for their videos and they would be so, so sensationalized. Yeah. <laughs> the video's title is honestly, we should have a competition for guess the title of the YouTube video. The truth about Jacqueline Hill Cosmetics lipsticks. It's so good. I love that everyone as well in these videos would have their hand under their chin staring like, into the, the truth. Camera. We've got to talk about the truth. At the time of recording, that video has more than 5 million views. And look, you've got to give it to Christy. She knew how to suck people in. Absolutely. Raw Beauty Christy recapped the Twitter feedback on the lipsticks and essentially set up her video saying, Saying that originally when she saw all this, she agreed with Jacqueline that she felt like it was a lot of exaggeration. She speculated that maybe people were being too picky. However, goes on to admit that after receiving her lipsticks, her opinion completely changed. Now, one of the things that Christy addressed was a rumor circulating on social media at the time that influencers who got sent Jacqueline Hill's lipsticks were given perfect ones and that the public were given lipsticks that were nowhere near as nice. It turns out that Raw Beauty Christy did a pretty proper investigation on this. She received PR lipsticks and then also paid for lipsticks as well. So she got the entire collection twice to compare. According to her, while the PR lipsticks weren't completely flawless, there was a pretty substantial difference in the quality of lipsticks she received as an influencer compared to the quality of lipsticks she received as a paying customer. Yeah, here's how she dives into the moment she opened up her lipsticks. When I opened my Jaclyn lipsticks today and I grabbed the ones that were from the purchased collection, I noticed so many issues and I was immediately shocked. I did not expect it. I did not see this coming. Some of these lipsticks are full of hair, lint, fuzz, holes, lots of little like holes, air bubbles. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Again, they may have that sort of chunked up texture when I apply them, but some of these are so bothersome that I don't even want to apply them. All right, so then Christy (laughs) actually showed her lipsticks to the camera and sure enough, her lipsticks had what looked to be hairs or lint on them. They had melted and messy bases, discoloring and actual holes in the product. <laughs> the holes, sorry. The holes are so concerning. Where the fuck do holes come from? <laughs> she also looked at the lipsticks under a microscope. <laughs> Sorry. And the results were not pretty. No, because it's like, I don't want to... These kinds of scandals are my favourite. Because it's like, at the end of the day, no one was hurt but the poor little lips who used the lipsticks. I can't imagine a lipstick looking uglier than these did. Like holes and lint and hair is not good. Now, what was already a pretty bad situation for Jacqueline Hill had got even worse thanks to this Raw Beauty Christie video. It became a full PR nightmare. Mm. Now, soon enough, the media was cottoning on to just how widespread the quality issues were. Three days later on June 12, 17 
magazine published an article. People are calling out Jacqueline Hill's makeup brand, Jacqueline Cosmetics, for hairy, gritty <laughs> lipsticks. Oh my god! If there's anything, if there's any way you don't want your lipsticks to be described as hairy, hairy. Cosmopolitan's headline was: Jacqueline Hill is getting dragged for having hairs and bumps. In her lipsticks. Yikes. Sorry, I, I know. It's so good though. <laughs> While BuzzFeed went for a beauty YouTuber's makeup line is getting trashed by fans who say her lipsticks are terrible quality. Oh, I this... would take terrible quality. I would not take lumps, bumps and hair. I do not want my lipsticks to be hairy lipsticks. Now, this was the talk of the town when it came to YouTube. Raw Beauty Christie was not the only creator to call out the quality of the lipsticks. In a video uploaded on June 20, 2019, a creator by the name of Pretty Pastel Please claimed that she found a piece of metal. Oh, fuck. <laughs> a piece of metal in her lipsticks. Another creator, Naima Tang, said her lipsticks were grainy and sharp, while biochemist Kenneth Whitnell criticised Jacqueline for not issuing a complete recall of every product. What's kind of interesting is Refinery29 actually ran a review of the lipsticks at the time that was actually fairly positive. Now, the review did run with a hefty disclaimer that they did not experience the same formula and delivery complaints that a lot of other customers were experiencing. But I think it's worth noting that that was out there as well. The question, of course, is what did Jacqueline Hill say in response to the overwhelmingly negative reviews of her lipsticks? Apart from a few ill-advised Twitter responses that we touched on before, Jacqueline actually hadn't really officially said anything up until this point. But her audience, of course, were demanding answers and Jacqueline needed to say something really fast. Yeah. So on June 13, 2019, she uploaded a video titled My Lipsticks to her account. In a 14-minute chat to camera, Jacqueline sat down barefaced and plainly dressed to address the biggest controversy of her career to date. Yeah, it's kind of interesting optics, hey? You've got the queen of makeup, essentially the face of the industry's most popular highlighter. You've got people who are trusted most for their makeup reviews. She's glam. She's not natural makeup either. Yeah. I mean, highlighter is only something you put on with a full, also, full face of makeup. It was 2015. Yeah, Kardashian-style makeup. Exactly. So she was coming onto the camera addressing a makeup controversy without a skerrick of makeup on, which I feel like is pretty smart. Yeah. Tatum Dooley of Teen Vogue wrote a really interesting piece at the time about this. It was a feature called This Is Why Jaclyn Hill, James Charles and Laura Lee Don't Wear Makeup in Their Apology Videos. She explained in the video, Jaclyn sits solemnly wearing a grey hoodie, a large bedazzled crucifix and notably no makeup. This is possibly the first time we've seen Jaclyn without false lashes and heaps of mascara. Upon reflection, we also realise that her lack of makeup may be purposeful meant to project a specific message to the viewer, maybe one of genuine remorse. It is interesting to think about that they build their career and they build this level of trust based on putting things on their face. But in an effort to win back the trust of the viewers, they take everything they off. They take everything off. It makes sense. Yeah. Strangely. I don't know how, but it does. <laughs> now, the top comment on Jacqueline's video at the time of recording has 7,100 likes and reads, apology video starter pack, bare face, sad face, normal, cheap clothes. Another comment got five and a half thousand likes that read, when you see a thumbnail of a beauty guru without makeup on trending, you know it's drama. <laughs> so people were cluing on to kind of the similarities they were seeing in these apology videos because yeah. there were so many apology videos floating yeah. around at this time. Here's how Jacqueline opened the video. 
I don't even need to give you an intro. You know why we are here. I want to talk about the melting issue. I want to talk about the white fuzzies. I want to talk about the black holes. And I want to talk about the grittiness and the texture that you guys are experiencing and give you informed details of what all of these issues are, what is causing them, and how they're going to be fixed. So she's ready to address it all. She then went on to say, my lipsticks are not moldy. They are not hazardous. They are not contaminated. They are not unsafe for you in any way, shape or form. Every single ingredient in my lipsticks is new and it is FDA approved. I will give you guys proof right here. If you guys want to tear them apart, they are not expired. It's an interesting tone she's chosen here. Like it's clearly laced with anger and annoyance. And I think what we've learned over the years that even if that's maybe how you feel, mm. it's never going to go over well with customers. No. It's not. I wonder if she had just gone straight in and emphatically said this just wasn't good enough, if it would have worked or if by this point we were just like too outraged about the whole thing. Is there also something to say that this would have been so expensive, right? Like she would have poured so much money into this brand. If she had gotten on and said like, this is all on me, I've really screwed up. Would there be financial implications for that that she was trying to avoid, maybe? I don't think so because I think the bad publicity existing on the internet was doing enough damage. Mm. I wonder for me if she really truly believed and maybe still believes that, yes, while some people's lipsticks maybe weren't the best quality, that there was a bandwagon that was easy to jump on about this and it was kind of popular to come out and be part of this movement, whether or not that was true or not. But I'm actually sure there was some element of that. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a huge nugget here that was true, that these lipsticks just weren't good enough. But I think she probably would have focused on how she felt like it was blown out of proportion. Yeah. She did note that the lipsticks did not go into mass production until the same month that she actually launched them. So according to Jacqueline, it was just impossible for the lipsticks to be made using an expired formula because they didn't actually go into production until May 2019. So what the hell was going on then? Well, on the black dots, Jacqueline argued, it is not mold, it is oxygen, it is 100% safe and will not hurt you. But seeing those dots is not pretty and you don't look at that lipstick and think, oh yeah, I want to put this on my lips. In a nutshell, she said the scratchy texture was due to ingredients not breaking down in the vats correctly because of the vast quantities being made. She said that the white fuzzies or hairs were because lab workers were using white fluffy gloves to handle the product, as well as white fibrous towels to then clean the vats between batches. She said that none of this was pretty but wasn't unsafe either. Why are you using towels and fluffy gloves? Why would you use fluffy? The, like the towels, I'm kind of like, okay, I kind of understand that. White fuzzy gloves to check the quality of lipsticks. I mean, she said earlier, oh, well, we only launched, we only started creating these in May. We created them the same month we launched. You really shouldn't have because clearly you needed a lot longer to get across your manufacturing process and iron all this stuff out. She should have put months between producing the lipsticks and releasing the lipsticks. I think if she probably felt, though, that she'd been working on it since 2015, that she had put in all the work, yeah. you know, getting to the point where you're so over it that it's like, let's just get this out into the world. Might not come as a surprise that Jacqueline also announced in this video that she was ditching this lab and working with other labs <laughs> for future collections. Overall, customers were not really satisfied with this video the top comments certainly reflected the sentiment at the time yeah one with 5.9 thousand likes read Jacqueline my lipsticks aren't contaminated Jacqueline my lipsticks have white cotton fibers from gloves and towels mixed in that's contamination (laughs) I don't think 
consumers necessarily care about the details of why there are hairs on their <laughs> lipsticks. They just care that there are hairs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Another one with nearly 3,000 likes said, I'm a straight guy who has never worn makeup or purchased any, but I reject this half-ass apology and still want a <laughs> refund. Nice. Another one with 1. 1.7 thousand likes says, guys, stop attacking her. The hair is FDA approved. <laughs> And then there was another one with 1,000 likes. It said, my favorite shades are crusty mold, small holes, <laughs> mysterious small hairs, and unmixed pigments. Goodness me. <laughs> Into that as well. Love them so much. And remember, you guys, shave the tip of your lipstick every hour. Good luck. What the hell? Some viewers also took issue with Jacqueline's authoritative tone throughout the video. One viewer wrote, why does she make me feel like I did something wrong after watching this video? I haven't even bought any of her products. Yeah. I think that is an interesting observation. She definitely came in incredibly Hot. defensively, yeah. On June 24, Jacqueline took to her Instagram stories to announce that every person who had purchased a lipstick would get issued a refund regardless of whether or not they were happy with her product. She wrote, I'm going to be issuing a full refund, including shipping and tax, to every single customer. I don't care about the loss of this money. You know how embarrassing this is for me. I will do everything in my power to make this right moving forward and learn from this lesson god has given me four days later jacqueline deleted her instagram and twitter accounts but the jacqueline cosmetics accounts interestingly remained active i would have thought it would be the opposite well imagine if they had disabled that account and then the people who wanted to oh, complain true. or sorry get that was actually service. a really dumb comment from me <laughs> her youtube channel remained live throughout this period although she did not upload any videos until a month later on july 24 2019 where she uploaded a video titled, Where I've Been. Yeah, in her first appearance online since announcing the refunds that she'd be giving out, Jacqueline sat in front of a soft pink background. She was wearing bright purple, yellow and pink, and this time in full makeup glam. She told her audience that even though she had people on her team advising her not to film a video yet, she wanted to chat to her audience about what had been going on. She said, I feel very, very nervous and very vulnerable right now. I just want to be completely honest with you guys the way I would be to a friend. Yeah, she went on. I wanted to create and own my own cosmetics brand since I worked at Mac when I was 20 years old. And that's always been my dream. That's why this whole thing has been so hard for me because I completely failed. My launch was a failure. It failed. It sucked. Honestly, I was so excited and so confident about it that I was almost cocky. I was like, this is amazing. I was so confident to the point of cockiness. It's that classic thing again that we've spoken about on Shameless where when you have perspective, when you can come to something from a bird's eye view, you can address it in the way that the public needed. The public needed this admission of cockiness Absolutely from her. Absolutely they did. She admitted the quality control for Jacqueline Cosmetics was inadequate. She said, I did not have a quality control team big enough to handle what I was doing at all. And the fact that I had to mess up and show my ass in front of millions of people who love me and trust me sucks. She also apologized profusely. She said, it's so important to me that you guys know how sorry I am and how embarrassed I am. Like, this has just been shocking. I messed up in more than one way. I was way too overconfident in my launch and I was not involved enough in quality control and I overhyped it for you guys. I trusted the wrong people. I just feel terrible. She gave her audience an insight into her state of mind at the time, mentioning that she hadn't been able to sleep at night and that she was out of her mind. She also noted that she'd fired and hired so many people to work on Jacqueline Cosmetics over the last month. 
Finally, Jacqueline said that she apologised to the person on Twitter who tagged her in the scratchy lipstick photo, you know, the one where she sort of responded pretty snarkily. It kind of kicked everything off. Yeah, she said, although I didn't mean for my response to be at all catty whatsoever, I still did not respond the way a brand owner should. I need a little time to get used to being a brand owner. It's still a little different for me. I was out of line. Look, pretty good. As far as mea culpas can go. I don't really have an issue with that. I think I really appreciate and have a lot of time for people who can say, you know what? My ego got in the way here. So do I. 100%. I think it was pretty good. Now, Jaclyn Cosmetics announced their next product on November 15, 2019. It was a collection of highlighters. Jaclyn posted a video titled Jaclyn Cosmetics Holiday Collection Reveal on her channel that same day, swatching the collection and saying, I was so confident in my first launch that I was cocky and I definitely took the time to step back and see where all the errors and mistakes are made and I have been able to correct those. God, they would have been nervous. Oh, so nervous. The highlighters copped some niche criticism, I would say say for having similar hexagonal packaging to Fenty Beauty highlighters. I do think that's slightly rough. Like I think packaging, there's only so many shapes I know. you can bring out <laughs> it's something. Like, go for the Pentagon instead, <laughs> <Yeah>. doll. <laughs> On the whole, reviews are fairly positive though. Writing for Insider, journalist Amanda Krauss wrote, I've used every shade in the palette and now consider them to be some of the best highlighters I've ever used. In my opinion, they apply smoothly, shine brightly and create a natural glow that still looks amazing in photographs. Huda Beauty concluded that Jacqueline has made a serious comeback while notorious makeup YouTuber and brand owner Jeffree Star criticized the high price point. It was $49 USD for a four-pan highlight, but declared the product was actually really pretty. In the years since, Jacqueline Cosmetics has released a pretty large line of complexion, eye and lip makeup products. She's also released brushes and tools. She's just done it in a way that has been quieter yeah absolutely as for her personal life really sadly last year Jacqueline's ex-husband John sadly lost his battle with drug addiction Jacqueline was the one to share the news publicly with the blessing of John's family their statement read it is with profound remorse and sorrow that we must report that our beloved Andrew Jonathan Hill passed away on August 10 2022 we are all devastated by the sudden tragedy the Hill family requests privacy during this overtly difficult time a Los Angeles County medical examiner coroner concluded that John died aged 33 of a fentanyl overdose in a post to her eight point three million Instagram followers, Jacqueline wrote, I know we ended our marriage, but we never stopped loving and caring for each other. All I ever wanted was for you to find your happiness and be free from your struggles. My heart is broken knowing that you are gone, but my spirit knows that you are finally free. She's been through a lot in the public eye. I mean, grief for one and a very public relationship and marriage breakdown. She's also been through incredibly lofty highs in the beauty world and terribly humiliating, embarrassing lows. And I think that really brings us all to where she is now in 2023. Yeah, she's now married to a food blogger named Jordan Farnham. She still runs Jacqueline Cosmetics as well as a jewellery line and luxury sleepwear line named Cozy. 
There has been a small controversy about Cozy, by the way, because there's another small business with essentially the same name, but we do not have time for another scandal today. <laughs> as for her YouTube, Mish, well, it's, as you said before, Jacqueline Cosmetics is a little bit more under the radar these days. Mm. I feel like it's also a little bit more quiet over on her YouTube. The biggest scandal to rock Jacqueline's career happened in 2019, right before the pandemic hit and right before TikTok became the eminent social media platform. Mm. Now it feels like names like maybe Michaela Nicole or Alex Earl are more recognisable in the beauty space because now they have huge TikTok followings. Yeah, perhaps that's why the words Jacqueline Hill and lipstick scandal feel so linked. Like I, I do think Jacqueline was kind of burned by the timing of all of this. It's kind of the last big thing that happened in her career before everyone's attention was diverted away to another platform. So True. it was kind of the last taste in our mouth left by Jacqueline Hill and Jacqueline Hill Cosmetics. And I'm not sure that's fair. I think so many people have been through controversies and yes, she didn't handle this very well. Sorry, but also just to jump in here, (laughs) this is the most chill controversy in the YouTuber world. Yeah. Like all things considered. I do think with reflection, she didn't handle it well. She could have done things much better and been less defensive and let her ego get out of the way. I do think she copped it in a disproportionate way. Like Jeffree Star is back in our good graces. Me coming to this with fresh eyes is like, uh, yeah, I guess mistake for sure. Yeah. Probably a bit snarky initially. Seems like a relatively decent person from what I've read, but yeah. copped it hugely. Yeah. On the TikTok thing, at the date of recording, Jacqueline has about 726,000 followers on TikTok. I mean, it's a huge amount, mm. but it still pales in comparison to what she has on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. You could say, though, that maybe it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. On average, Jacqueline Hill now posts one YouTube video a month. She's not as dare I say, relevant in the public eye as she once was. But maybe given everything she's been through, she doesn't actually want to be. Well, that's what I've started to realise looking at this is, is this the ideal scenario? If someone's been through really public scandals like this and it's been really detrimental to their mental health, is best case scenario not being that visible all the time but still really enjoying the work that you're doing six months ago she posted a video called life update a lot has changed in it she actually revealed that the lipstick controversy sent her into alcohol abuse and really severe anxiety here's how she explained it in the video I really did use alcohol to cope with anxiety, starting with the lipsticks. Before the lipsticks launched, it was just like, I party when I wanted to party and that was it. Like alcohol was just for fun. And then when the lipsticks launched, I very quickly realized like, oh, when I get drunk, all these feelings, they go away and it makes it just easier to deal with. And I'm able just to like watch a movie and get drunk and focus on that instead of the reality of the situation. You know, talk about being a shitty CEO, but that's what I did, you know? And then it just, it spiraled out of control. And then anytime I would get anxious, you know, whatever time of day it was, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need a drink and it'll get better. Yeah, well, with all of that in mind, it does sound like this new chapter is perfect for Jacqueline Hill. It sounds like she still has a creative outlet. She's got her businesses. She's doing okay. She's found love again. But she's not someone we talk about all the time, which is precisely probably what she wants and needs. Yeah. And I think what I found most interesting about this, looking back on it, is like people came down on her so hard Mm. when there weren't that many victims per se. Like it didn't feel like people were really tangibly hurt. No, I agree. I think the lightness got completely lost. And truthfully, I think the fact that there were no victims in this 
is one of the reasons why I bloody love doing YouTube scandals. Me too. I just I think love they're it. close to my favorite. They're <laughs> amazing. A big thank you as always to our researcher, Eilish Gilligan. Guys, as we mentioned at the top of this episode, we will be back in your ears next week for another YouTuber scandal. If you do want that one now, though, you can subscribe to Shane Moore and get the two-part Logan and Jake Paul scandal in your ears right now if you're in the mood. Absolutely. Find those links in our show notes. They're also live on our Instagram and our bio or our TikTok in our bio if you want to find them there. Subscribe and listen because, my God, it's a good one. It is. All right, guys, we'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.